right. Hi, I'm Faye. And I'm Tracy. And welcome to this episode of More Better with Tracy and Faye. One of the great parts about being a communicator is we get to work with people from all different parts of an organization. But I have to say some of the most fun I've had as a communicator is working with people in tech. Me too. Why do you think that is? Well, I can only speak for myself, but in my experience, computer scientists, engineers of all types, really anyone who's in kind of a technical kind of role, these are people, I mean, obviously they're smart, but they're also pragmatic and they're logical. And when I've worked with any of them, they're also super honest about their skill at communicating. And most of them say they're not very good at it at all. And so that's kind of nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're really open to, to what I bring to the table. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a refreshing change from an environment where everyone thinks they communicate well. Not slamming anyone here, but in my experience, IT folks, oh, there's, there's this much more open to what a professional communicator brings than perhaps other people in the company. Right. So everyone today is suck up to techies day. <laughs> you have yeah. a tech person in your life, send them to us. They'll be like, oh, now we find the people who love us. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we got to do what we got to do. So today's episode or today's podcast is all about the challenge of translating technical information so non-tech people can understand it. A quick note by what we mean by technical information. So the first thing you might think of is technology, and that's okay. Systems, platforms, software, applications, all the things related to them. But technical information lives in all industries like healthcare, oil and gas, financial services, any information that's complex or specific to that industry, but needs to be explained to an audience who isn't familiar with all the terms and acronyms. Yeah. In fact, one of the first, what I would call like super techie projects I did is I had to write a video script explaining 5G, big data, and the internet of things for an audience of non-technical senior executives. So first I had to learn what all of those things meant. Then I had to translate it into something that someone like me would understand. And the video had to be, well, for sure under 15 minutes, you know, probably closer to 10 so that was fun. <laughs> fun. That does sound like fun. Um, for me, I once worked at a company that developed data analysis software for auditors. Pretty niche, right? So, but let me tell you, auditors and accountants are super smart, super technical. So they knew the software, its capabilities, how they used it. But at one point in the company, um, the, they decided we want to reposition our, the value of this technology to CFOs. Well, guess what? CFOs don't use the software. They didn't have to, but we had to switch from talking about features and upgrades and all that technical stuff that our auditors loved to benefits and to benefits and value for the organization. So the challenge was to elevate that language about how we spoke about that technology so it can reach this new audience. And that was an interesting challenge. Yeah, a lot of thinking has to go into figuring out how to communicate highly technical things to a non-technical audience, you know, probably more so than any other topic for me. I mean, anyway, because I haven't studied computer science. I don't know engineering, math, all the things that technically minded people are immersed in. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. I don't know any of that stuff. 
stuff. As you know, Tracy, I'm math challenged, right? But what I love about our profession is that we get to learn about all sorts of things from what we call subject matter experts, right? So when we get an and we get to package all that newfound knowledge into something that's understandable by our audience. We aren't engineers, but we can certainly build that bridge that connects technical expertise and or technical experts and their expertise with non-technical people who need the information to make an important decision. For example, if you want your CEO to approve a million dollar development budget for a specialized piece of technology, you better be able to explain why in terms your CEO can understand. Or like we mentioned in our episode about change, if you want people to start using a new system, you better, you better be able to explain why so they can actually want to use it. And as we've talked about before, identify the yes, then shape your content and communications to get us there. So how do we do that? Well, we have a few suggestions. In fact, we have five, which we will be speaking to in this episode of More Better. The AR. Number one, find out the technical level of your audience. And number two, focus on benefits, not features. Number three, use plain language that avoids jargon and acronyms. Number four, incorporate analogies, metaphors, stories, better yet, humanize it. And number five, use visuals whenever possible. So Faye, over to you. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> so understanding your audience's level of technical knowledge is definitely the place to start. You have to target your writing to the audience's level of knowledge because remember, you have a goal when you that you want to achieve with this communication and you won't reach it if you speak too simply to a fairly well-informed audience or what you're saying, if what you're saying isn't immediately understandable. And it might take a few tries and that's okay. It's all about finding that right balance. And if you don't know the right tone to strike, hopefully there's someone you can ask. In my earlier example about working for a data tech company, one of my first assignments was to land a news story in trade publications. Now, trades don't want a written financial infomercial, right? They, they, that's what ads are for. So I interviewed a whole bunch of internal auditors who loved talking about the software. But with the right questions, we were able to tease out their experiences. And their experiences were all about analyzing high volumes of data quickly to meet these financial deadlines, identifying patterns of fraud. So those insights gave me a really good idea as to how to write about the value of that software for their profession, as well as other audiences who were involved in financial data analysis and what that work means for their organization. And, you know, Faye just led into what our second uh, tip is, which is focus on the benefits, not the features. Presentation slides made for IT, for an IT audience, they overflow with technical data, jargon, and features. But to a non-tech audience, you know, learning that this new piece of uh, equipment has got a second Wi-Fi frequency band, it increases the antennas from two to seven. It uses high-speed coax technology for connecting WSTBs and extenders. That means nothing to someone who doesn't have that technical knowledge. But if you say that this piece of equipment gives you faster Wi-Fi speeds, less congestion, and seamless high-speed connections between devices, that's something that a non-technical audience will understand. People don't care why and how they can easily email a 30-minute video of their grandson's recital. They just care that they can. They need to understand the benefit they don't need to understand the features that allow it to happen. 
Another important thing to remember is to use plain language whenever possible. Now, in episode one, we shared that using simple language makes for good writing. And just because the topic of a communi- of the communication is technical, it doesn't mean only technical language can and should be used. It all depends on your audience. So um, if non-technical people or perhaps people who don't work in the same organization or industry um, don't know your jargon, they won't be able to connect to something um, that's more of an internal buzzword, if you will. Plain language is always the best way to make sure your words are understood by your audiences. I worked on this project that was going to introduce a new timekeeping system for hourly workers. It was going to automate, yes, automate how field workers were going to submit their hours. Now, we could have used terms like leading edge technology, HCM solution, workforce management solution, and all of those words. But Field workers, they don't care about that sort of stuff and they don't know what that is. What do they care about? They care that people, that they get paid accurately and on time. So we talked about the new system in terms of things they care about. Accurate hours means accurate pay, instant approvals by your managers, no more carbon copies that get lost in piles of faxes. Download this app so on your phone so you can see exactly what your hours are or hop online and check it out. So that- So when you focus on what your audience needs, you can shape your communications to get there. And that means using language that they understand. Tip number four, use metaphors, use analogies. Because you can't use technical language. We discussed that. And you can't list off technical features. So how do you explain your tech? You make it relatable through analogies or real life examples. So I had to produce a video explaining to a non-technical audience what the company meant when it said that security was being fully integrated into um, this product that they were producing to all their products. Security was a feature, not a benefit. But what did that mean? So after spending some time understanding the technology, I created a script that used home security as an analogy. First, A house is built, but it's got no fence, it's got no windows, it's got no doors. Security increases with doors being added, locks on the windows, on doors, uh, a fence put up. More security is again added by way of motion sensors and video cameras. So you get the idea. And anyone in the audience watching would also understand that. And the final element was showing a house that was built from the ground up with all of these technical features built into the structure and use that as an analogy for saying that's the same approach being taken with this organization in producing this this product that also had security built in. So taking that analogy and applying it to the world of cybersecurity was a lot more meaningful to viewers than a video talking specifically about the features of online security being built into it. I love that because I can actually see as you're describing that I haven't seen the video, but as you're actually describing the video, I can see the elements, right? I can see that foundation. I can see the doors and the windows starting to be added. And it makes sense because we've all know what a house is and we all know what doors and windows do. Mm -hmm. Love that. Let's also not forget about the power of storytelling, you know. Humans are wired to connect with stories. So incorporating narratives or real life examples can make technical information much more relatable and engaging. 
But I'm going to say this, only if you're comfortable with the idea of storytelling. It, it's very much all the rage these days, and, and there's a good reason. But not everyone is at ease finding the right story and sharing it. And so I would just caution people to, it's okay. It's okay to not be a storyteller. But there are other ways to use analogies and metaphors to get your point across. And this leads us to our last tip, which is to use visuals whenever possible. Absolutely. People often grasp information better when they see it visually. So whether it's a diagram, an infographic, or even a simple sketch, like visuals can enhance understanding and engagement. They can make technical information more accessible and less intimidating. When it comes to visuals, I'd offer that, like analogies and metaphors, use visuals that are common and easy to understand. There's nothing nothing worse than using a visual that someone has to decipher on top of the information that they're that they're given even if even if the information is non-technical and in plain language the most common one i've seen is the journey or roadmap it's often used to describe phases of a project steps someone has steps someone has to take or even how something might work and while you might think it's overused it helps i've used simple flowcharts i'm talking simple icons and arrows that show how things move through a system, or maybe it's puzzle pieces to show how things connect. They're much easier to understand um, than, a, you know, a wall of text listing a whole bunch of features or worse, you know, telling me how things work. Show me and show your audience. I read somewhere that we process visual information much more quickly than text. So where you can, Put in some visuals and trust me, you don't have to be a graphic designer. Get inspired, like go on the Google and like find some images, you know, go on Canva or Miro or even a note, even sketch out an old, you know, on an old fashioned sketchbook. Um, my work notebooks are full of scribbles. And then when I work with a data, a data analyst or a business analyst or a product manager, you know, we can create something that's immediately understood. Start drawing and start simple. I, what I think what's interesting is that we we can draw and we sketch out like some ideas, but then when you sit down with an expert, I think that's where magic happens, right? Because like you say, you just you're just teasing out, like a, keep asking questions. You're learning a lot about the technology or the system, but when they start to actually describe like what it is or what it does and its value, then I think that's where the sparks fly. Right. Like so, I, I, then you start getting those images. Well, I started as you were talking, I had this notion of, you know, well, I would sit down with with the CTO and I'd be show him my, my diagram mm -hmm. because it was the only way I could understand it. So it was like I spoke English, you know, he spoke Swahili, but together we both spoke French. Exactly. So we, could, we could meet in that place where diagrams were being used because it didn't matter that we had different languages. This exactly. was a shared space. To recap, the five ways to communicate technical information for a non-technical audience. Number one, find out the technical level of your audience. Don't assume. Two, focus on benefits, not features. Three, use plain language that avoids jargon and acronyms. Four, incorporate analogies and metaphors. Tell a story if you can. Five, use visuals whenever possible. Faye, anything to add? Well... We started this episode with our love for the techies, right? You know who you are. You're the data analysts, the programmers, developers, product managers, data scientists, engineers. I'd also add to that list 
auditors, accountants, clinicians. Um, you may not always have a communications partner to work with. So what I'll add is that patience and empathy will go a long way when it comes to communicating your information. We know you're proud to share your technical knowledge and expertise, and you should be, and we're here for it. However, be mindful that not everyone may have the same level of interest or enthusiasm or learns at the same pace. So all I would advise is be patient, listen actively, and be ready to adapt your communication style if needed. All right. And with that, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please reach out, comment, you know, the whole all ways that you can reach us, please do. So until next time, I'm Tracy. And I'm Faye. Join us next time on More Better with Tracy and Faye.